fellas. We were scoffing on the Patreon episode about about the end of history. We said, ha, how how could it be? And yet, here we have, after 200, 300 years, the promise of liberalism. Here it is. I mean, from John Locke to the East India Company and Victoria herself to Winston Churchill to Margaret Thatcher, here we are, like, British imperialism, the colonization of the world, uh, the project that it was always meant to realize has now has now been achieved. And we have uh, uh, racial equality in Britain. Uh, it's Britain. The British Empire is now just the uh, the melting pot of the world's people. They've done it. Yeah, I think I uh, would go beyond uh, liberalism and say, uh, I think Rishi is a fan of the book Settlers by Jay Sakai. <laughs> and he believes that white people in the UK represent a labor aristocracy. And so his mission is to perform the last step of decolonization, set up a national reparations corps, and uh, let, let, let's, let, let, let's give some of that money back to India. Well, this is the first step, right? I don't know. I don't know that Rishi wants to like end the exploitation as much as he wants uh, maybe the people of South Asian descent to become the exploiters along with white people, you know, um, which is hey, it's great. That's liberalism, you know, realized. It's yeah, we, times. I mean, like we, that, <laughs> it is exciting times. This is basically what the liberalism always wanted, right? Uh, so, um and, you know, I'm sure that we're going to get, you know, an op-ed uh, pretty soon saying this is why colonialism was actually good. The the project that, you know, it took a few hundred years, but uh, actually um, it produced uh, a South Asian man who is now king, prime minister of the UK. Yeah, there, I mean, the the kind of like colonialism was good uh, op-eds and essays that have already been written a thousand times will be like dusted off and have a few paragraphs changed to say exactly that. Um, yeah. Uh, rocks, dude. This guy seems, uh, I mean, you know, no, no one's going to beat Liz Truss for just like, you know, inspiration and uh, poise. But uh, this guy, Rishi Sunak, the new, uh, Tory leader and therefore soon to be prime minister of the UK. He, this is, you know, this is an arch Tory. The Tories like somehow demonically, no matter how badly they fuck up the economy, everything about Britain, they will, they're just going to always be in power. Apparently like they, nothing, nothing they do like can knock them out of power. So we just got to enjoy, enjoy from, from afar, all these prime ministers. And uh, this guy, New a new breed of Arch Tory, a Goldman Sachs guy, as well as being like not a pasty white Briton uh, Neanderthal man. Here he is, this Tory prime minister. But the libs in Britain are going to lose their minds over the representation that they've finally achieved. Right? Like they're all <laughs> like the, the the. I mean, I'm sure they all like most of them vote Tory anyway, but like if there are any like libs left in the labor party at this point, I mean, they probably won't be after this, right. They're going to be Mooney Ida over this guy. Yeah. I mean, what does Keir Steimer even have now? If like, you know, they have this guy like Rishi, like that's what I don't understand about 
obviously, you know, like the labor right um, taking over and smashing, you know, the left and actual militant labor side of the labor party. Um, but Rishi could probably poach a lot of the people on the labor right. Too. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you know, I'm sure you're going to have all of those guys, Keir Starmer, like coming out going like, yeah, honestly, this is great. Uh, like, he will do whatever he says. Unite the we should Britain all unite behind the new all. prime minister yeah. <laughs> in these times of crisis that, you know, thank God we got rid of Liz Truss, but now we've got a real leader in there. And it's really the, this, you know, is this great moment for Britain. We finally get to have our Barack Obama, which is, I mean, it's the obvious comparison here. I think it is apt except sort of like, He's kind of reversed. I don't think he has anywhere near the charisma of a Barack Obama who like because I mean, to listen to this guy talk, he sounds like a child. He's, he sounds like a Tory idiot, you know, but at the same time. <laughs> yeah, right. Whereas right. Obama was this like meritocratic Harvard guy, you know, who was very in and like very uh, amenable to finance and its uh, priorities like. This this guy takes that part to the next level. He is just a Goldman Sachs guy. And like, yeah, what what else do we know? What finance, else do we know about? Right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so he was the finance minister. So he let he um, is going to be the richest prime minister of the UK. Hell yeah! Um, ever he has a net worth of about uh, seven hundred ninety million pounds, which is about eight hundred and thirty million US dollars around that. I think he's got um, some Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah he he's um he's like kind of like a crypto guy too <laughs> well, like perfect. apparently like Amazing. he um <laughs> so he, apparently he tried to make stable coins you know like if you go back to our well, we'll link the episode but we talked about how um tether like these stable coins are basically like crypto versions trying to mimic like you know u.s dollars and great british pounds um saying that that they kind of have these reserves so he tried to make um, stable coins used in everyday payments <laughs> um, in the UK, uh, which is really funny. Um, so basically like replacing King. British pounds with private money. Um, and then also uh, ordered the Royal Mint to create a UK government-backed NFT to be issued well, yes. in the summer of 2022. This guy yes. rocks. He fucking rules, dude. This guy has the power to like sap the life out of britain at a rate possibly never before seen you know like the absolute like blundering stupidity of liz truss actually in a way prevented her from successfully carrying out like another like thatcherite wave uh, which is obviously like detached from reality totally ideologically motivated and like bird-brained in that like they already did it. You can't just like keep hitting the same button again. But setting all that aside, like because they had no like grasp on reality, her and her people, they just like completely fucked the dog in a way that scared the shit out of the markets and the central bank. And then so they had to pull back, right? They had to the Bank of England had to like, you know, get into the market and shore up like the pension funds and everything. But the result was the cancellation of the the trust government's uh economic plans they were like oh never mind and then let's trust fucked off this guy could get some shit done <laughs> and really immiserate people and bring a final end to uh the last vestiges of the british empire and here's here's hoping yeah i mean truly like th this guy has is just like a like a stone cold 
killer, man. I mean, like he was at Goldman Sachs for like a few years, but then like, you know, he started his own uh, hedge fund firm. Um, the first hedge fund that he was uh, joined was called the Children's Investment Fund Management, um, which was, you, you know, he became a partner in 06. But then he like started another hedge fund. He like went to California. So, you know, he kind of got that US, UK kind of vibe to him. And, uh, you know, they had $700 million under management. You know, like this is all in his... Um, you know wikipedia if you want to see it but like uh yeah i mean it's it just seems like this guy really just from the very start um not only is like an agent of capital but like just is you know capital itself right yeah. and all the ideology that's attached onto that awesome and so i yeah i think that this could be like really like the you know the bulls of the empire but hey you know at the very least uh his dad was a um you know, South Asian man who uh, grew up in Kenya. So, you know, there's more diversity to be had there. Let's just say that. Wow. The African connection, just like Gandhi. Cool. All right. <laughs> Don't Good Google luck. Gandhi, South Africa. Don't do right. that. Comrades, everyone, to the show. The show, it's called Mechanical Freak. I don't know. I'm Greg. Uh, Munya's here. Hey, Munya. Yes, sir. And we've got Justin Roll on the mic. Hey, Justin. How's it going, guys? Hey, thanks for joining us. Because What's up, Justin? We, you know, when when the cat's away... The mice will do electoralism. <laughs> That's right. Ryan is uh, he's base building, uh, doing chores or something, uh, perming his hair. <laughs> he's organizing oh, yeah. the working. He's class. out organizing the working class. So, so he's too busy to podcast, and uh, that leaves us to pick up uh, this uh, weird thing. I got in the mail. It says King County official local voters pamphlet. Just That's kidding. Right. I'm not going to read from that. We're um, liberals again, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, apparently the long-awaited, dreaded uh, midterms are finally upon us. I got my ballot in the mail. And I walked past the recycling bin at the marina, you know, I tossed in the junk mail and I, I had a moment, you know, I had a, a moment of indecision. I was like, isn't this junk mail too? And <laughs> I thought, Might as well be. wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's fucking content. Uh, so here we are to talk about what's on the ballot. Let me just uh, ceremonially open up my ballot envelope here. What is it? What do we got here? Uh, okay. It's, uh, it's like ASMR it's like opening a, the ballot. Yeah. yeah Greg, can you like tingly. kind of whisper into the mic? <laughs> okay, so uh, it feels like about the right weight. Okay. It's got a stub <laughs> at the top here. And I'm just going to lightly crease over the stub along the perforations. <laughs> then I'm going to fold it over the other way. And do that again, just to really ease those perforations 
into a point where I can begin to peel them apart. And here I go and I'm peeling. <laughs> I'm getting the tinglies. <sighs> okay, now my ballot is ready to fill out. How's that, everybody? Um, that was uh, your ASMR dose for the week. Okay. So, uh, there's these advisory uh, votes. Those are stupid. Um, uh, ignore those, I guess. I don't know. Or, I don't know. I saw somebody said maintain them. Um, uh, yeah, who cares? <laughs> oh, um, Patty Murray, uh, the... Uh, teacher the the teacher in tennis shoes who we mentioned last week has been in power for 30 goddamn years isn't it about time for a change guys when you put it like that sure damn never thought about it that way but i mean shit maybe yeah i mean just on that basis alone like i guess i I just don't think uh you know the same person needs to sit in power like i'm always thinking like gosh would the why don't the voters of california get rid of diane feinstein or uh nancy pelosi and you know right here in our backyard we also have uh an uh, an annoying old woman who's been there too long and uh is you know if not demented yet uh is gonna get there soon why wait till she's there to get rid of her why wait till her brain is actually like falling out of her ears and pooling on the like uh oak desk in these uh senate chambers to vote her out of office why not now maybe you get somebody with uh some better shoes you know many working class people wear air jordans and might want to feel themselves be represented a little more i think we need a hypey senator dude I think that's the next frontier is we need a fucking like high beast ricked out Balenciaga wearing senator. <laughs> okay. I like both of those pitches, but let me, let me offer this to you. What about a blonde in heels? Cause that's what I've got to offer. Her name is Tiffany Smiley. You may recall if you listen to the Patreon episode last week that uh, we listened to a really a charming and informative Tiffany Smiley ad in which some uh, a, a, an, an informed and uh, articulate uh, gaggle of white women, um, you know, shared with us their traumas. And I don't know, uh, like I said, uh, feels like a time for a change, you know? I mean, it, it is funny because Tiffany Smiley kind of does have the Karen haircut, too, which, you know. Um, oh, yeah. You know makes it all the better not exactly like the runway that i wanted but i mean hey certainly is like a little more dripped out as she, she has like a gold chain on like that's that's kind of yeah, cool that's pretty good you know like i don't know i i like i'm so you should go back and listen to the patreon episode by buying it from us um because that ad is amazing and um uh there's also some revelations about the people in it uh that uh, are in there too um but what i like about tiffany smiley is she's one of these like full-on maga probably QAnon trump republicans like the only kind left who you know and everywhere running in in blue areas because you know they exist and and i i look at her and i think she probably really believes like she can win this 
And when people show her like previous election data, that's like, look, like you can't, you can't go up against King County. You can't beat Seattle, like in a statewide election. Like those people are Democrats. I bet she turns to them and says, what Seattle? That that place was burned to the ground. Those people are all dead or like, you know, <laughs> they got like, killed in the uh, chest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is not incorporated anymore. It's an autonomous zone now. What are you talking about? You can't vote in the state of Washington. Yeah. Is it even legal to vote in greater Chaz? Like not in, in U.S. federal elections. So I like to think she has that kind of hope and that kind of hope for success inspires me. Uh, so I mean, it's it. what we need. We need new, you know, uh, you know, we need new blood in office and, uh, She's just like a new energy I think we don't usually have in uh, Seattle, in Washington state politics, uh, you know. Um, Squim already had the Q mayor. Well, I mean, might as well give it a try, right, folks? We need more, like, MAGA, like, meme senators, you know, like, who just, like, get up there and say crazy shit, like... uh uh, like uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the the woman who believes. Uh, uh, never mind. You know. Yeah, you know. I mean, imagine um, if we have more senators who, when you say JFK Junior, like they, it seems like they have like an MK Ultra switch get flipped on to their head. Like that's like that's fresh. You know, <laughs> like that's like that's coming out of from I a different view. That. You know. <laughs> I can. I hey, listen. I can. Uh, identify with that like I empathize you know he's still alive it would be pretty cool if he was still alive you know yeah right he's a good magazine what um, if? and you know we wouldn't know and because a deep state is covering it up so you know like they're the ones to uncover and unredact the truth right so I mean if we're talking about using electoralism as like you know a vehicle but not the only method of incremental change um that, that that could be one of our many tools in the canon to get the truth about JFK Jr. He dated yeah, Elena yeah. and Seinfeld. Oh shit, really? That's cool. Yeah. Damn. One episode. Damn. Whoa. King. God damn. <laughs> uh well, you know, that brings us to um it's okay. We're voting for Tiffany Smiley. Um, that's great. That brings <laughs> us to uh, the seventh, uh, you know, like we do every two years, we have the privilege of voting for our favorite Pramila Jayapal, who, you know, like Patty Murray, I- I'm certain has an excellent voting record on uh, women's rights, reproductive health and abortion. A lot of good it did fucking anybody. Uh, so, hey, that's great. Um Uh, everything else is boring. I'm going to guess, um, you can pretty much, you know, just use the stranger cheat sheet, whatever. Um, you got anything to add, Justin, anything you want to call out here before we get to the, the real fun. The, the big debate on election reform and democracy as we know it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think the, even your elections voting for that, uh, Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It'll probably increase turnout like twenty percent. I think I read a claim up to thirty mm-hmm. percent, something like that. That seems good. More people. Oh, that's actually on the ballot. Good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is definitely on the ballot for King County, though only. Okay. 
Yeah, not for the, the city. King County would just move their the election year. Yeah. Okay, so okay, got it. So not for the city. I see. Yeah, so this is like this is perfect thing to talk about. Yeah, you're right. That is that is basically good. Uh and just to show that, like, you know, we're not against uh electoral reform. Like uh yeah, this is a basic thing. It's a stupid thing that the county and the city uh has their elections on odd years it's just a blatantly anti-democratic ploy um so if you care about elections having any legitimacy just and not being like deliberately stupid then yeah um might as well might as well change the county uh to even numbered and then if there are some uh legal challenges or something based on like state law i don't know uh and they win and get to do it, then maybe Seattle can do the same fucking thing at some point. Uh, so there's a conservation levy. I mean, that's just a nice thing. Um, always, always in favor of more taxes, uh, property taxes, especially. Uh, so I like that. I like there's yes, there's a way to raise property taxes in here. So I'm for that. Um, because um, I wish there was a, another sugary beverage tax to increase, you know, um, yeah, I mean, the old, Gatorades the other, the are old... too cheap right now. <laughs> There's no like school levy. I know. Surprisingly, honestly, you really feel bad if those would if those things were to ever fail. So, but that's not on here. So, okay, so some electoral reform, good, right? Uh, we're for that. So now let's get into the great debate the, that is coming that you're going to be uh, bombarded with. Uh, probably in the in the next two weeks here uh, election day is the eighth i think i'll be i'll be in new york city let's go nice yeah i miss j-roll you know so i got a you know house house greg as like you know as payment i hope like my uh paying it forward is a uh, doing it justice j-roll How, uh, how's our greg i support it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg yeah, on land is going to be new room, yeah. things. Yeah. I think I think like Greg's <laughs> going to be like going to go come from Manhattan like and uh you know take the ferry just cuz it's just like natural to him instead of the subway. The water oh, tax is really call. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. You can go that. straight. Nice. It's actually like honestly um a very underrated cheap thrill that like not even like a lot of like New Yorkers really um know about to the extent that they know about like the subway system. I mean, it's like the same like public transportation is just on, on water. But you could get to from like Williamsburg to um, like Midtown very quickly and you can see a cool view of the city. Good cheap thrill. But All Greg right. knew that you, already. You, I'm sold. He's a man of the I'm sea. Sold. I have heard about the fact that there are, yeah, um, water taxis in New York. Uh, that sounds like a great idea. I do want to do that. Um, so yeah, and uh, sound off, uh, you know, if you're in our discord, you know, um, give Greg some recs uh, for New York, you know, because this is a this is going to be a big deal. It's his first time here. So, um, you know, Greg in New York is going to be a different a different beast. We'll see. Nice pastrami. Best pizza in yeah, the city. Get pastrami, get some pizza, get some bagel, get to get a dirty water dog. You know, it's mostly just yeah. like, you know, hit all the, the food. 
uh, cliches is really, eh, and of that's course, all I do. I'll be satisfied. Greg, we got to go to um, Staten Island, which will be my first time in Staten Island. And we'll have to go to our fan favorite, Max Pub. Oh, my God. Yeah. We got to go to Max yeah, Pub. Oh, gotta, yeah, dude. We are going to report fuck, report from Max Pub. Uh, that's going to bring our mics uh, or something and just, rep- yeah, yeah, no, yeah, live we, we gotta, we gotta set up and with the ambiance, you know, and <laughs> yeah, actually we gotta interview them. We gotta be like, what was it like to like run over a cop <laughs> with your car? <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. Um, that's gotta happen. Um, yeah. So that should be fun. Um, okay. So back to the ballot here. Uh, you may have heard that uh there's something on the ballot about election reform beyond the uh county thing um this is for the city and uh where the where the fuck is it let me find this fucking thing complicated ass ballot measure here ah yes city of seattle proposition numbers 1a and 1b it's just a two-part question on your ballot should either of these measures be enacted into law, yes or no? And regardless of whether you voted yes or no above, if one of these measures in enacted, which should it be? Proposition 1A, Proposition 1B. Justin, what the fuck is going on? So the framing of that question, like it's it sort of framed like, you know, is this is our both of these electoral reforms are put on sort of like even footing. It's like, do you want to do one of them because they're both good? Okay, yes or no. And then you have a choice between approval and uh, rank choice voting, which um, probably most people don't know too much about. Um, so there's been a campaign to get approval voting on the ballot. I think that campaign has been going on for around a year. Um, mm-hmm. I think Logan Bowers, who's a failed city council candidate. Um, absolute loser. That's how I know about, that's how I first heard about approval voting was yeah. I saw it was a Logan Bowers thing and I was like, oh, this must be dog shit. Cringe. Yeah, exactly. Cringe, cringe, cringe. Um, so he lost, uh, yeah, he lost uh, Shama, you know, several years ago. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, Democrat. Um, but he hooked up with... Uh, you know, some rich people, I don't know, some crypto people. Um, yeah, like, and like, uh, they formed this. The reporting this, says uh, like tech money, basically, out of California, right? Yeah. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah, and they formed this pack called Seattle Approves. Um, they've been paying uh, signature gatherers. And uh, they gathered, you know, tens of thousands of signatures, whatever you need to get on the ballot. And they got on the ballot um, starting in June. I was personally canvassed by them. I don't know if you guys were. Yeah, no, all the way in, uh, uh, I live in a gated community, <laughs> so we don't really get those people. <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah. weren't hitting up the boats. They're they're missing out on a large segment of the working class by not canvassing boats. I think that's crazy, man. They didn't fucking uh, fly to New York either to you know canvass the absentee ballot people. So um, yeah, sucks to suck, I guess. Yeah, so uh, I smell a fucking rat. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Some some rich people uh, attracting money from like out of the city want to change how Seattle votes. Hang on. And one of uh, Shama's many like def- one of the bodies in, in Shama's wake uh, is involved. Uh, 
<laughs> immediate bells going off like this is somebody's harebrained stupid ploy to get rid of shama like i don't i don't need to know anything else to know that so logan bowers and the people behind him however realistic this concept is and i'm going to say it's not even though i think uh this shit is stupid that's that's where this is coming from yeah um and how approval voting works is um you just mark the candidates on the ballot that would be you know acceptable to you you just fill in you know a bunch of a bunch of check marks they're not ranked you just and then you just check them all you fill in every bubble crayon is also permissible under (laughs) approval voting you just 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 scribble all over whatever you want like a big fucking baby don't have to actually make any choices you know you can you can vote for everybody you can say i approve everyone so but you could just vote for one person you could you could um and probably most people would uh because they'd be told to if they had any opinion it'd be like uh whatever but forgetting like that that's just sounds weird and stupid and it's like and we'll get into this later but like doesn't like just voting the way it normally goes like doesn't that basically work like what what is what are we doing here do you have a sense of what their fucking argument for this nonsense is and then what the actual truth of it is why it sucks i know it sucks i could smell that it sucks um but like wh- is there a good arg is there an argument for this shit what are they saying about it well i don't think this is a good argument but you know, the argument could be that, um, you know, we're too polarized and um, Ooh, approval voting up. lets you ch- lets people choose a bunch of acceptable mm. candidates and a consensus pick, you know, from the center could emerge. Oh, great. We need more center center wins. Yeah, we're we're polarized because we could only pick one candidate. Uh, that's definitely why uh, polarization in general and like in the U.S. is a uh, is a thing is because of a technocratic, uh, you know, ballot bubble yeah. fill in thing. This, this shit's so fucking stupid. Like, let's say, like, first of all, as if like centrists are really like out of power, like fuck off uh, as if centrist Democrats can't win. Fuck off. Even if you believe that that was like a good thing and a necessary thing to increase. Yeah. The idea that like switching some go- go- some goofball switch up to your the way people fill out a ballot and like the way it's calculated is going to change like the fundamental like politics of what's going on is a stupid concept. Um, so, yeah. So what's so that's their best argument for it. What's the argument against it other than that it's even dumb on its own terms? Like, is it just that it would maybe favor centrists or what? So basically, you know, people mark the candidates that are acceptable to them. So if there's, you know, five candidates, maybe you decide, you know, three are acceptable to you. And then yeah. at the end, um, the candidate with the most, you know, approval votes, they just simply like tally all them up. So if you vote for, you know, Logan Bowers, uh, Zachary DeWolf, and then, um, Ethan uh, you Ryan, leave, Ethan Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. And then, and then you leave <laughs> off dream uh, Shama, like <laughs> that is a good team. All those candidates are acceptable to you. They each get, you know, 
one one vote each. And then if Greg votes, you know, just uh, Egan O'Ryan and Shama Sawant, then they each get one vote. And then in this case, now Egan O'Ryan is the leader of the pack with, uh, you know, two approval votes. Everybody else has one. Um, and so the the function of this is just people select a lot of acceptable candidates. And, you know, I hate using this word, the but the, broadest you know, the, the more, yeah, the one with the broadest appeal. And it's really tough, you know, for a more polarizing candidate. Um, to win, you know, le- left or left or right. And for those of us that, you know, don't really care about electing a Democrat, incremental change, progressive Dems, like it functionally, it's almost impossible uh, with our current system to elect a, a socialist <laughs> anytime soon. So that that is like, that's pretty much what they're doing. It's like, uh, there's no way you could get like, uh, you know, Ashama Sawant, or uh, you know Sean Scott, like it, it's just very very difficult to uh, get a socialist candidate elected under approval voting. Well, I mean, I I think that's probably their ploy here. I'm gonna have a counterpoint and say, I bet they wouldn't be able to get rid of Shama with this shit. Shama wins because her and her people uh, run on real issues that matter to working people. They build a broad they work on it for years they put in the man hours they put the people the boots on the ground they know what they need to win and they go out and turn it out they do politics they run a campaign that is like you know actual people like going and asking people to vote uh, in mass numbers you know like at the end of the day like with approval voting like who's going to come out on top uh the person who has the broadest whatever now could it be undermined by people who going like oh well i really like shama but you know maybe i'll put my second and third choice on here and then then you get the second and third choices elected to office that's what that's what these people think what they want but like shama's people are going to be out there they're going to be what are they going to be knocking on the door saying look we really want shama to be one of the votes you pick Fuck no, they're going to say no, they're going to say Shama and nobody else. That's true. If you want Shama to be elected, you you put you fill in that bubble for Shama and nothing else or Shama will lose. And then they're going to know what they need to do to win and they're going to go out and get it. And if they can't go out and get it, then it'll mean something fundamental has changed in the politics of the city and the lives of the people of the city or in Shama and her people's and essays ability to mobilize the rest is bullshit. Yeah. Right. But like with all that said, that election was still super close. Like even with, you know, first past the post voting, like it, it, and you know, Shama's team able to turn it out. It wasn't necessarily, it it was still, you know, it was up against like a huge force. Right. And so that I'm sure that there were people who, you know, they saw, the recall effort of Shama, right? And I'm talking about the recall effort um, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, you know, uh, there were probably people who would be kind of like either way on it and would be like, oh, well, you know, both people make great points, like whatever, right? But like, I think the, you know, for it to be that close, like I'm sure that there were some people who might have been, you know, kind of neutral on it, but knew that 
a recall would be bad. So they were like, okay, well, I got to at least put Shama in or something. Or like if, if Egan Orion, you know, was just so bad, right, that like, you know, they'd have to vote for Shama. But I'm sure, yeah. like to Justin's point, that it would make it harder for, you know, socialist, uh, you know, electoralism to actually succeed at all, right? So Yeah, I can see it. And look, I, I can concede, yeah, it probably would be marginally bad. Yeah, but I mean, like, you, you do have a valid point still, Greg, like, marginally though, right? It's not like, you know, like, because again, like you said, like, the system is already rigged against people like Shama and Sean Scott and like a lot of, uh, you know, yeah. socialist candidates um, already, right? And Shama's team are still able to turn it out because they knew what they had to do to win, right? Even though the cards were stacked against them. So, you know, touche, yeah. fair point. If they had right? to do a little yeah. more to win, I think they'd have done a little more and won. You know, right, right. Uh, that's no, that's, that's what I think. And if and if they can't and if they couldn't, it's it wouldn't be because of this. I agree. Like this could possibly be a marginal difference, but it, it would. It's not going to be. I, I'm guarantee all the the losers like Logan Bowers who are like putting this are going like, yeah, this one weird trick. It's going. This is how we finally get rid of that awful shrill woman we hate. You know, uh, and it's not. You know, it's not going to be what it is. Uh, that doesn't mean Shaman's going to be around forever. They're always going to be able to pull it off. But like this. These, yeah, these technocratic little uh, fixes, like, are not saving anybody who's trying them. Like, ultimately, like, people vote for the thing they want. You've got a campaign. It's not like you can either, you either, you either got the juice or you don't. And Shama's always I, got the juice, man. I will say they're, they're putting $650,000 or however much it is now after the time of this recording uh, for a reason um, because it yeah. will, help help capital get their candidates um yeah. i think yeah. it will make no doubt the, the margin of error will be a lot tougher and um yeah i mean shama's field game is is tough to you know re replicate for other candidates too yeah i think it, it is more um relevant you know where yeah i mean that's that's the problem right it's like no no one's really been able to replicate uh, what Shama's been able to do, like basically anywhere, and yeah, this I'm sure will make it harder. Um, but like the answer to that is, let's figure out how to replicate what Shama's able to do. You know, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, but like, tell us more about this the campaign here. So like the the vague insinuation, right? Yeah, the, there's money coming in. That sounds like a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Yeah, and so a lot of that money, if you go on uh, yeah, the PDC website, you can kind of look it up. But um, a lot of that money is going to you know paid signature gatherers. You, if you hang out in Capitol Hill, you've probably been canvassed by them. You might have had to you know inoculate you know your friends against it because they're like, oh, approval voting. Let's you know get get your voice heard. Be able to you know choose <laughs> more the democracy you want. Yeah, more democracy is good. And so you might have to have had to like inoculate your friends more against that. But more bubbles to fill in. I I was on Capitol Hill and I was accosted by an approval voting canvasser. That's uh, that's me in a Tiffany Smiley ad. <laughs> But like the point is they have a legit campaign and, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's not grassroots. Like it is funded by rich people, but they have boots on the ground. Uh, it's AstroTurf, folks. Yeah, it's AstroTurf, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah for real. Um, uh, that's, that's the hair that grows out of Logan Bauer's ass. 
uh, that plastic <laughs> green shit. Um, so, okay. So, but, but what about the, the alternative uh, is also running a campaign because there, there's only one alternative here and that is rank some kind of rank choice voting. So there someone's all, somebody's running a campaign for that too. Yeah. Ish. Um, so what <laughs> happened when uh, approval voting qualified for the ballot is, you know, they had a city council meeting to make a decision on it, whether they just adopt approval voting or they send it to the ballot or, um, you know, they modify the ballot and put something on there with it. And so Andrew Spoil Lewis, it. uh, pro- yeah, exactly. And so Andrew Lewis proposed, um, you know, let, let's put rank choice voting on the ballot along with approval voting and uh, let the voters decide on, you know, the best method of, you know, improving our democratic system. And so you might say, oh, this was a great move by Andrew Lewis. Well, it's either genius as just like a wrench in the spokes of this astroturfed fucking effort, or it's a fucking major fucking backfire like i love that the city council saw this stupid thing coming in from you know astroturf tech shitheads with a dumb fucking idea that's just designed to make like more milk toast candidates get through i love that they stood up and decided to fuck with it to decide to intervene in direct democracy and try and spoil it i'm not sure it's gonna work i mean or that it's going to have an effect because ranked choice voting is something that apparently some nerds in places like Seattle actually want and sounds good to some people and is getting like uh, some endorsement. Uh, and between those people and the people swayed by the all the ad money and the canvassing of the campaign that's gone into the other one, you could stack could be enough to have the the first part of the measure passed to do one of these two the yeah yes let's do some shit and then if that gets it passed and now it's between the two one of which has the massive campaign behind it and one is just like a thing that was thrown up there quickly because some nerds around here think it's a good idea then you could see rank choice going down uh in favor of approval which would be bad is it a good move? Is it stupid? Is it going to backfire? I honestly don't know. Um, I don't think they're smart enough to know. I don't think Andrew Lewis is smart enough to know. I like that they tried to do something. Uh, credit where credit is due. They tried to foil direct democracy. And I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it could just as easily uh, fuck fuck them and us and everybody. Like, I think I, I, I sort of, you know, I don't want to be a pundit, but I sort of think... It, it might backfire just because you put rank choice on the ballot. There's no grassroots campaign for it. Like there's nobody like volunteering and knocking doors saying like, Hey, can you please, you know, support rank choice voting? Like I have not seen any of that. Um, yeah, see, that's the problem. That's why you can't just throw something on the ballot. Like you have to have something, either a grassroots campaign or an AstroTurf campaign. You got to have one. You can't have none. Yeah. So what yeah, is going on? Is anything, what is going on? Who is backing it? Like what, what is happening? Cause I see people on Twitter think it's a good idea, but that, that's just the nerds I'm talking about. 
Yeah, yeah. Tr- trust me, like Twitter consensus is, does not translate to electoral success and, uh, you know, state politics and Seattle politics. Any more than anyway. it does good ideas. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this organization, um, Fair Vote Washington is big on uh, ranked choice voting and, you know, promotes it. Or sorry, there, there's a national organization called Fair Vote. And then they have another, you know, C4 or whatever in, in Washington. Um, they've spent a little bit of money. Uh, Fair Vote has just for Fair Vote Washington. Um, there's another uh, political action committee that got spun up called Ranked Choice Voting for Seattle. Um, in a Crosscut article a week ago, they had spent just 52, or they had received just 52,000 bucks from 59 donors. But then recently I noticed they just got a 200,000 um, contribution from the national, you know, fair vote pack. Um, okay. And I also just received uh, a mailer and their mailer was pretty good. So they're doing mailers. Um, that's still, you know, they don't really have much of a campaign. Yeah. That's still a lot less money than has gone to, uh, the approval voting thing. Um, so basically like what both the stranger and the Seattle times say, recommend vote. No. Um, and then do they both say, uh, do rank choice voting just in case? Uh, I know that the stranger said that, um, the urbanist, well, our favorite publication, um, says, go, go, go ahead and vote. Yes. Because rank choice voting is so, is so great that we actually want it. And, you know, that, that should get us into actually talking about the substance of ranked choice, choice voting and what a, a great boon for our democracy it would be. Okay. A lot of voices out there, a lot of nerds out there saying like, yes, man, this is what we need. And uh, here are some right here. This is from the urbanist from their uh, endorsement article. Okay. Here at the urbanist, We're all for the reforms that would actually move our city toward progress, progress on housing, on transportation, on public safety, on affordability, on creating a more powerful democracy that works better for working people. We endorse endorse ranked choice voting because it is a smart, visionary voting reform that has demonstrated success across the country at delivering progress. Approval voting has no such track record. No discernible grassroots support. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Seattle voters deserve real solutions. That is basically the most substantive paragraph uh, they have about ranked choice voting. I mean, they explain what it is. And then uh, it's just vibes from there. And Nice. Um, nice. I love the Guys, it's smart. Uh, it's a smart... Uh, reform to voting like voting and voting for the thing you want like going filling out a ballot voting for the thing you want as opposed to the other things oh man that's that's the problem that's what's been the problem all these years you know uh that that's why uh fuck that's why reconstruction failed that's why we invaded iraq i mean it's because you know we can only uh vote for the one thing to choose from we should say what ranked choice voting is. It's um, as opposed to the approval voting where you just fill in all the bubbles with a crayon 
and like <laughs> scribble with your fist, you know? Uh, he, rank choice voting, you rank all the votes. You can, again, like vote for any number of them you want, and you get to say, this is my first pick. This is my second pick. Uh, uh, Egan O'Ryan is my first best friend. Logan Bowers is my second best friend. Uh, and, you know... Uh, you get to choose like that. And then it's all like fed into an algorithm that like uh, somehow like gets out some kind of consensus pick from among that. Now, I guess the question to me is like, where does this come from? And here it is right here. They don't actually get to this in the Urbanist article, but Crosscut sums it up. And this is what you always hear about uh, usually as like the real crux of this. Advocates of voting reform claim that Letting voters select multiple candidates helps eliminate the spoiler effect. When two candidates with similar <laughs> positions lose to a third candidate that a majority of voters aren't happy with. It's also touted as giving voters more choices, increasing the diversity of can candidates and reducing polarization. I'm against that last one. That's important. <laughs> um, yeah. You want workers to be polarized against capital. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. More polarization, please. Uh, okay. The spoiler effect. This is the, oh, but when people vote for uh, Ralph Nader, you know, that takes a vote away from Al Gore. The Supreme Court. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so you get George uh, W. Bush, you get W in there and then look what happens. And, <laughs> Uh, and that's bad enough, right? But then, you know, that only happens occasionally. And there, are, you know, there are store stories. There, are, there are times when it does happen. But I've also heard it described like, look, there are there are a lot of people, there are a lot of voices out there, like well-meaning, not the kind of shitheads who are for this um, approval voting bullshit, but like well-meaning people who are like, this seems like you know, this is touted as a thing that'll bring more diversity, diversity of candidates in all ways, like ideological and representatively, and other. Otherwise, because it will, you know, remove this impediment, right? To, first of all, like worrying that you're going to be the spoiler, but also, um, yeah, making it so like you could vote for Ralph Nader and it, but, you know, uh, still rank Al Gore second. And so ultimately he would have the most like votes in the algorithm to beat George W. Bush or in whatever other effect or more likely the thing that happens more often is you just don't vote for your favorite candidate and this is the real like crime that you hear uh in a lot of the arguments for this and a lot of the, the other endorsements and writings you know people will um want to vote for a candidate they like more but feel like they can't because they don't want to be a spoiler they want to give their vote for their second best option because they really don't like the third option. Right. And like, yeah, that, that's a real phenomenon, right? Like, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, we've all been scolded about vote, not voting for the candidate who we would actually want to, and having to vote for, you know, somebody else like get behind, uh, you know, whatever the front runner is to defeat the Republican or whatever. Right. Um, you also hear, I've heard it described in the, the sense of a primary of um, people vote for a candidate in a primary uh, who doesn't make it into the general. 
and I've heard that it put exactly, I've read it put exactly this way, that, that those people are essentially disenfranchised in the general because their candidate didn't get through, so they don't now have their favorite candidate to vote for. That's all very the interesting. The general has more turnout than the primary. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, we can get to the like the possible effect on primaries of um, ranked choice voting or instant runoff that doesn't actually apply in this situation. But like what I'm trying to get at here is that like what this does isn't actually going to, it is not really going to have an effect on most elections and the way people talk about it. Like in the like case where you really have like a super close election with a really marginal spoiler, like the, the Ralph Nader uh, example, like, yeah, if going into that, that had been like an, uh, uh, a ranked choice election, like, Maybe that that would have turned out different. You know, Al Gore would have been president. But even in that case, remember that Al Gore did win that election and it was taken from him by the Supreme Court. What applies more is just that people don't get to vote for the loser, the 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 weird marginal candidate or the candidate they like better who's not going to win anyway. The complaint is like people are put out by not feeling like they can vote or by feeling shamed into not voting for these candidates who are going to lose anyway, who are, who are, they're being uh, shamed into not voting for these people who aren't going to win. Right. That's the, that's going to be the case most of the time that, and the thing that is solved with ranked choice voting is you don't get to feel bad because you can vote for more than one person. And that's, what's supposed to empower you. And that's the most important thing. Your virtue is intact. Right. That's what this is. If you if you read through the arguments for this, it's all about people like feeling disempowered, about people uh, feeling like, you know, they're being pressured into, you know, voting for this one person they don't like. It's just about fucking feelings, man. We're not talking about this actually really changing almost any election. Or you're talking about people more diverse types of candidates ideologically, but let's say, you know, on an identity basis, more candidates of color is a, is a thing that comes up in a lot of these arguments feeling like they can run because the implication, if you follow it through is feeling like they can run because they won't be blamed for being a spoiler. Okay. Like they won't be doing a disservice to the electorate overall by running and peeling off a certain amount of votes instead of declining to run and falling in behind the agreed front runner. And again, if that's the situation, the change here is that you might get, yeah, let's say you get more diverse candidates ideologically on a, another basis or whatever, and then they lose and everybody feels better about it. Everything I've read that is arguing for this ultimately comes down to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to feel um, back when I think in like 2015 when like, you know, Bernie was running for the first time and like, you know, we we're learning about, you know, gerrymandering and like, you know, a lot of things were like in the news, like, you know, there were these like cool, like, I guess, video infographics being like, oh, you know, there's so many things wrong with 
the electoral system in America. Look at how they do it in Australia. And I was like, damn, this is this is cool. Uh, you know, and so like I, I get the appeal of ranked choice voting. But yeah. I mean, like you said, Greg, like um, if primaries are still intact, right, um, it's and, you know, on a broader level, if it's it's more like I would feel better. <laughs> about voting, I guess, right? But you know, ultimately, doesn't change the you know real you know material, you know dynamics. If there's just two people at the end of the day who you have to vote for again, which the majority of people actually do vote, right? Like, I mean, if if it's a, if there's a general election still, which is like when a lot of people do vote, um, you know kind of undermines the point of the one maybe valid reason why we have would have ring choice voting. So, I mean, I don't think there's like a net negative in like adding it, but yeah. That's a key point. And I agree. Look, there are places that have ring choice voting and that's fine. And it's a perfectly reasonable system. And some places in America do it. Now, that brings us to the, the peculiarity of this here in Seattle, because this is this harebrained, like last minute, uh, attempt to undermine direct democracy, there's some problems. The main types of ranked choice voting around this country in most places is instant runoff voting, where you don't have a primary. You just have this, uh, you have the election, and then like it's all kind of taken care of because you don't have to go through this process. You get to vote for a rank, you get to rank your choices, and they it gets sorted out that way. And a lot of places mm-hmm. do proportional representation, you know, with right. ranked choice voting. Along with it, yeah. So you could have candidate A get like 20% and, you know, five candidates get elected. So that could be enough to get, you know, maybe your your socialist candidate elected in a multi-member district. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, more people get to be represented. Um, I think that would be a much better system than just ranked choice with one candidate, which really is more about feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's here. And that's not the case here because Washington state law says you got to have a primary. And uh, also we don't do proportional uh, representation. So this version of ranked choice voting doesn't have really the best things, which like getting rid of primaries that nobody votes in that only the nerds and freaks vote in, you know, um, putting it all together like that, do it. Yes. Other reforms like, uh, proportional representation, like that's none of this. So this is just this weird thing, which is why in the stranger, they, you know, they aptly point this out, like vote no, because the nothing, neither one of these options is good because of this, because it's this like really weird thing that actually nobody else does. That's like kind of pointless and it's just up here, but still, yeah, vote check the box for ranked choice voting just to at least to spoil um approval voting but yeah like it doesn't even have so it's not going to have any of the good elements of this um of the possibilities of a perfectly reasonable way to vote but i just like i guess i i'm here trying to pick a fight with the 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 nerd the lib nerds out there saying like this is like the urbanist saying like this is the smart thing that's going to bring about progress. And it's like, you either have the juicy transformative, right? Like it's like, yeah, I mean, it's not like transformative. There's no, 
there's no one quick fix here, guys. Like no. you're not you're not gonna like, you know, have like a different or or maybe like do like some like, you know, Harvard or MIT style like psychology test where it's like, oh well if uh if colors are orange, that means dopamine is more activated and that like will you know, influence people and doing it this way and that way. Like, it's like, you know, yeah. like that stuff is not actually going to really like influence and like a lot of things. Who's going right? to, who's going to come out in these elections? The most, the, the most popular person, the person like who, and, and if that's sometimes that's going to be the, the milk toast candidate, like the person with the juice. Okay. You're now, um, Eric Adams had the juice. Hate to admit it, yeah. but he did. Shama's got the juice. Okay. <laughs> Just just to sum it all up here, I just want to quickly read in the Times this. So they the Times said vote no. Okay, but before we go, in the opinion section, this op-ed from Todd Donovan, special to the Times. Don't believe these five common myths about ranked choice voting, ladies and gentlemen. This is a meekly pro RCV op-ed here. Ranked choice voting won't solve all the problems in our dysfunctional democracy. But allowing voters to rank multiple candidates certainly offers an upgrade. Blah, 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 blah. I've studied ranked choice voting in Australia and many American cities. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. This, these are the myths about ranked choice voting. You may be hearing out there from, say, the uh, approval voting crowd that, that Todd wants to dispel for you. Uh, so that you will actually consider checking the box for RCV. Uh, I'm going to skip isn't viable for large elections, um, whatever. RCV gives advantages, gives advantage to Democrats. That's right. This is a pro RCV uh, <laughs> op-ed uh, aimed at the conservative readership of the suburban Seattle Times. Cool. Uh, and so they, he wants to assure you, this researcher who's uh, looked into this around the world wants to assure you, no, uh, Pelota aside, referring to the recent uh, instant runoff election in Alaska that, that the Democrat actually won, uh, there's no evidence that RCV advantages candidates from the left or right. Australia's stable two-party system has persisted with RCV, yet Independents are also elected. Rather than speculating about who may win or lose, RCV should be considered in terms of how it may affect who decides to run. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, as he points out, like they have this for the whole country in Australia and they have an entrenched uh, two-party duopoly of uh, li liberals and conservatives and a very sort of conservative government. Um, I agree with some of those arguments. because I, I, I do too. Minneapolis, in Minneapolis... Um, like Ty Moore and uh, Ginger Jensen uh, ran for city council from Socialist Alternative. They have ranked choice voting and they both got like the majority or a plurality of uh, the first place votes and then lost in the later rounds of the, the runoff. So it doesn't necessarily like advantage the left candidates. And, uh, you know, Democrats or conservatives can game it in such a way that, you know, you have a huge you know, slate of, of candidates and then send people out mailers or whatever saying to like, you know, rank people this way. And it can still be you know tough for the left candidate to win. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you have like blocks uh, of interest aligned gaming with mu multiple candidates. Uh, yeah. All kinds of things. Power is situated where it's fucking situated. The struggle is the struggle. Okay. Uh, 
Myth number three Todd wants to dispel. Ranked choice voting gives an advantage to fringe candidates. Well, right there. If, if it doesn't, then why am I interested? I'm not. Uh, in oh, Australia and elsewhere, when no, one has, when no one has a first round victory, the candidate leading after the first count is usually the eventual winner. But candidates running an RCB contest need to appeal not just to their base, but attract second preferences from supporters of rival candidates. This lowers their incentives to attack rivals, boo, and may create more space for candidates who attract voters on both the left and right. Suck my dick. No, thank you. You are decent and reasonable. Yeah, people seem to notice voters in several U.S. cities using RCV were more likely than folks in cities like Seattle to say their local elections were less negative than before. New York City voters viewed their RCV election as less negative by a three to one margin. Boo. Fuck off. More negative. <laughs> we need to be more negative on our elections here. Uh, okay. The fourth one, it's too complicated for voters to understand. Whatever. Uh, skip that one. RCV is a guaranteed fix for political divisiveness. Proponents offering reforms of elections regularly oversell claims, blah, blah, blah. Opponents like uh, no election reform is a magic bullet. But there's solid evidence that RCV might nudge things toward more civility and moderation. We could use more of those. We could use more of that these days. No, we couldn't. No, this is stupid. So vote fucking no on this bullshit. And yeah, go ahead and bubble the ranked choice voting because it's better than the other stupid thing. It'll actually like probably be tied up in other legal ways and who knows maybe if it goes through it in some years they'll change the law at the state level to like actually get rid of primaries and they'll do it right it's not it wouldn't be the end of the world to do this but it could just as easily make it harder for shama to win re-election or like what likewise candidates as make it easier uh as justin pointed out i mean you have any other thoughts on this justin no, that that was actually the conclusion I came to as well. Just vote, vote, vote no on the first question to just spike it, but then yeah, RCV on the second, just in case you know, uh, uh, yes wins out on the first. Um, I just say th- this election is kind of confusing. Um, when I first heard that they were going to have RCV and approval on the ballot, I thought you were just going to vote for either one. And then the one with more votes between RCV approval and then stay the same would win, but that's that's not how they set it up. So yeah, which I don't really I have mean, a we predict- can we have a chance yeah. to do neither, which is would be better. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not against you know, like uh, democratic reforms like for example you know like the social democratic party of germany would be like these are the minimum set of like you know economic reforms and democratic reforms we'd want to like be able to take power in the government um i would just say this like our rcv as a reform it's you know could be a little better i think our, our top two jungle primary system is pretty good but like this does not is it it does not meet like the criteria for even like something that should be on like the minimum program of a serious left political party. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, hope we've uh, instilled all of you listening at home with the spirit of uh, election fever. And, uh, you know, if you... This is uh, the most important election of your lifetime. So, go vote. Yeah. This, this I feel like they is, probably this, are trotting out that line again, but um, it's it's so. I, don't it's know, I feel I feel a little bit disconnected from the, from the libs. I don't know. Okay, I'm skimming the urbanist uh, endorsements, and I, they I don't think they trot that out. It's a, it's much more subdued. It's like ooh, there's all this shit going on between like the smoke and climate change, and but gosh, we you know, need to better steward our natural resources while making our economy more just and equitable in the process. It's a tall order, but the challenge of our times requires that leaders rise to that occasion and voters should take notice of those poised to do so. I mean, that is really a different vibe than we've had the last several elections, um, which my favorite was the 2018 election uh, in which the stranger endorsement uh, obviously written by Katie Herzog in the funniest possible way was like this actually trotted out the this is the most <laughs> important election of your lifetime literally obviously that had been escalating for 20 years but like the one time that you could like so the 2018 election was, the yeah. 2018 midterms literally like <laughs> obviously not as important like every other one before that there was some argument that was yeah. more important right than the previous one 2018 uh-huh. uh, absolute fucking clown um looks like the urbanist isn't that stupid. Um, they don't have anyone as dumb as Katie Herzog uh, writing this. The vibe, um, so, the hey. vibe has shifted, man. I went to like a Chapa live show, um, like uh-huh. you know, last week. Oh hell yeah, no, in cool. Portland. Oh hell yeah, you cool. went to yeah, I went nice. to the one in New York. Mm-hmm. I, Max took me actually, Greg. Um, you know, oh, got fucking Max awesome, and dude. Buddy, and, oh, you've seen, you've yeah, seen no, Chapa twice cool together. Stuff came out. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was so cool. But we were saying, like, you know, nothing that, really. Was that the day beats... you met Max? Was the day we went to yeah, the Iowa City Chapo show? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was the day we met. We we um we uh became friends there at the legendary at the legendary like three hour Chapo show. But you know, it, the energy as as much as as much as it was fun, like you know, um, that was the crest. The energy of the wave, has man. definitely shifted. Yeah, that was the crest. That that was that was it right that there. Night you know, like was the we, crest we, of the wave. Oh my god, one hundred percent. I'll never forget <laughs> that. So the well, illusion it was nice to be back there. Evaporated. It was like, eh, yeah, it's evaporated, and I think like you know the hosts have, are kind of aware of that, right? So the vibe was yeah, definitely a, a little, little bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's and it's like it's not even funny anymore, you know. Like I mean, the vibe, yeah, how bad right. the vibes are, you know. Like, yeah, like, right. what are you, we're all just hanging on. It's like, uh. and it's reflected in podcasting and left podcasting well, yeah. and Chapo and the show. It's yeah. also like, you know, like like local elections in Seattle. Like in the grand scheme of things, like don't really mean that much. You're gonna like allocate, you know, a million bucks to like some nonprofit. You know, like who cares? You know, it's not like. Yeah, power on the scale that's going to like change things that much and so to like I don't know to act like a, a local election is like that meaningful beyond like the elected official being able to like do propaganda you know from the bully right. pulpit or, I don't know or to just preserve like 
the shred of a vibe. Like why, you know, why did we all like yeah. get out for Shama and the recall just out of spite, you know, like, like, yeah, they're, they're going to take, they're taking everything from us, all our hopes, all our dreams, and the substance of our lives is about to be taken from us. But yeah, when Shama's up again for her fifth uh, election over three terms or whatever, uh, then yeah, going to get out there again just out of fucking spite, just to hang on to one fuck you. Because that's all that politics is anymore, is punishing the people you hate. And I <laughs> yeah, hate right. Logan Bowers and the libs of this city. I hate them. And... That's what Shama is to me at this point, is symbol of fire, symbol of bitterness. It's just a thorn in the side of this, of uh, the respectable people of this city um, and fuck them. And that's all there is left. I mean, uh, so in terms of certainly in terms of electoral politics, um, I don't expect. Yeah, the, the electoral politics in Seattle are not in a good spot. And I think a lot of people are still kind of huffing their own farts a bit and don't quite realize that. But yeah, I don't know. Like, so I mean, something it, needs to change. Candidates have to campaign there, in a different way. No local, I, could any local election in history ever had as much fart huffing as the 2021 election in Seattle? Like self <laughs> auto fart <laughs> inhalation. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolute fucking embarrassment. Um, Cursed. Oh, God, man. Um, but hey, uh, you know, at some point, Shama will be either rightfully or uh, wrongfully up for re-election again uh, for whatever reason. And you know what? I'll I'll care then. All right. Well, Justin, thank you so much for uh, coming on and. Uh, holding down the fort with us, keeping that vibe alive, uh, or wa watching it wither, watching, uh, watching the the petals fall off this rose, uh, you know, commiserating with us as uh, love to wonk at. I brought <laughs> yeah, my lanyard yes. thank tonight. You for, thank you for bringing your lanyard, uh, polishing it up in front of us. Yeah, um, and uh, Munya, always good to pod with you, sir. Uh, can even Always, be man. better in the Big Always. Apple, the city that never sleeps, potting yes, till 2 a.m. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. No, fuck that. I'm going to come to New York and then Brian's going to be like, okay, regular 9 p.m. Pacific time. And I was like, fuck you. I'm not doing that. I'm going to bed. I got tourist yeah. shit to do tomorrow. <laughs> 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 All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.